Merry Christmas. What, oh, that's a good hearty Merry Christmas. Uh, such an exciting time, and, and we do hope that you'll be able to join us tomorrow night. Look at the seats around you. Right now, you're sitting in business class, but tomorrow night, it's going to be more like economy plus. The seats are going to be much closer together, and uh, Steve Bodwell and his team are going to pack out this place with chairs, and we want to pray God's blessing on all those uh, guests and visitors and friends that will be coming uh, to worship with us uh, tomorrow night. Now, last week, I had planned to give you a little surprise video uh, from the Wood family, from our new music director, Rob, and his wife, Jessica, and their baby, Phoenix. Rob created that video on his birthday, which was last Friday night, and you know technology. He hit send on his email, and it got stuck in the outbox. So we have it for you this morning. Here's an update from the Wood family. Hello. Hello. This is Rob and Jess from Houston, Texas giving everyone an update on our healthy baby. Everyone meet Phoenix Noel Wood. She is so cute and tired and not happy about this light being in her face. So we're going to be short, but just wanted to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Woo! I know it's gonna be an awesome Christmas for y'all because you have Carter with you for the Not So Silent Night. And our tickets are booked for January 7th. We only have to buy two tickets at this point because she is so little. And we will be up there shortly and ready to do some worship and awesome church with y'all. So Thanks for praying for us. Yeah, thanks for everything. Uh, all the support from Maple Valley and Washington has been awesome. And to hear everyone's uh, support and prayers uh, has been wonderful. Phoenix was in the NICU for almost two weeks and... Uh, Finally, we just snuck her out of there. No, I'm just kidding. Finally, they said her blood sugar was, was stable, so she got to go home. And she's really, really happy to be with mom and dad and not getting poked by needles all the time. So thanks again so much for prayers. And uh, until we see you soon, see Merry you soon. Christmas Bye. and a Happy New Year. <laughs> Okay, let's go to prayer together. Lord God, we give you thanks and we praise you today for you have come to redeem your people. Lord, our world is filled with all types of, of trouble and shortcomings. Lord, our nation has uh, uh, troubles now with our government and troubles with the economy. There are troubles, Lord, of travel and travel, uh, troubles of of addiction. There are troubles all around of all sorts of things, troubles in our schools, troubles in our streets, in Main Street, uh, in uh, little towns and, and big cities. But Lord, most of all, the biggest thing we see is a, a trouble in the faith of our people. So God, we pray that you would call the church forth to take a stand, Lord, to stand up uh, for those in need, to stand up, Lord, for the truth, to stand up uh, in the midst of dark times, and to be that light on a hill, Lord, that your gospel would shine forth. And Lord, that tomorrow night as we gather across this land, uh, we would lift up the name of Jesus. Or we have his name emblazoned behind me on the stage. Lord, we love you, Lord Jesus. We want to lift up your name on high, that your fame would spread throughout all this land. Lord God, we pray for uh, people gathering to worship you today uh, and gathering tomorrow night around the globe. Two billion plus people celebrating uh, Christmas Eve and the celebration of the birth of our Savior. Lord, we pray for a great movement of your people 
to address these greatest concerns, problems in our land, Lord. We, have, we are living in the greatest uh, country on God's green earth. And so we think about the great problems on all the continents and, and all the uh, concerns of this world, Lord. We know there is one solution. It's the coming of the Savior. It's the Messiah. So, Lord, we lift up uh, his name and we pray, O oh God, for your kingdom to come and your will to be done. Lord, we pray for our, our brother. Actually, we're, we're praying this morning for Lake Sawyer Christian Church, and they have a new pastor now. John's moved on, Lord, and our brother Mike is now uh, serving there. We pray for all of your churches, Lord, throughout this valley, throughout this region. Lord, that as people are being invited, neighbors are being invited, uh, colleagues, classmates are being invited to come to church, Lord, that they would hear the one true, beautiful, good news of Jesus, that the Savior has come, and we celebrate his birth. Lord, I pray for the concerns that are weighing heavy on our hearts here in this congregation. We have uh, concerns of, of loved ones that are, are ill, that are sick, that are homebound. We have concern, Lord, for those that are, are struggling. Lord, we, we think of, of um, Roger and Jackie. We think of, of Will just last night being rushed to the hospital. We think of those, Lord, that are struggling to make ends meet this Christmas. We pray, Lord, for those that are struggling even now with conflicts in their relationships that are closest to them, with uh, adult children, conflicts with uh, a loved one, conflicts with extended family. And, Lord, we pray that you would do a mighty work this morning in our hearts, in our lives, Lord, that we would draw closer to Jesus, that we have stronger faith, Lord, that we wouldn't doubt and question when you speak to us like Zachariah, Lord, but we would turn to you in faith and boldness. So, God, I pray that as you filled your servants uh, with your Holy Spirit in powerful ways that we see throughout the Gospels, and especially in Luke's Gospel, you filled Zachariah and Elizabeth and, and baby John, and you filled uh, Anna and uh, Simeon, you filled Mary and Joseph, Lord. I pray that you fill your servant Mark now. Fill him to a full measure of overflowing with the presence of your Spirit. Speak through your servant, and we pray, God, that uh, we would have a good word from him this morning. In Jesus' name, all God's children said, amen. Amen. Hey folks, and Elizabeth, let's name him Zechariah after his father.
I can talk. It's been eight months. I don't know if you've ever tried not to talk for one day, two hours. This has been eight months. Wow, look in your paper. You know who I am. And you know what? I feel the power of the Holy Spirit on me after eight months. Yes, my son is going to be named John. He's born today to Elizabeth, my wife. And by the way, we're pretty old. That's another story. The scripture from Luke 1. Zechariah was filled with the Holy Spirit, we just mentioned. And this is what I tell you today. Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, because he has come to his people and redeemed them. In the time of Herod, king of Judah, there was a priest named Zechariah, of course that's me, who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, at least we tried to be, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. That's nice of them to say about me. But they were childless. Yep, we didn't have any kids, and we're old. Because Elizabeth, my wife, was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Thank you. Once when Zachariah's division was on duty, that's mine, and by the way, there were thousands of us, and I had the chance of serving as priest before God. I was chosen by lot, like by a number, and according to the customs of the priesthood, to go into the temple. If you've ever been there, I was there in October. It's a great place. And I got to go in there of the Lord and burn incense only once in my life. Am I able to do that? And I was so excited when I walked in there that day. And the time for the burning incense came. All the assembled worshipers, like this many people, thousands were outside waiting and praying outside the temple, maybe at the wailing wall. And the angel of the Lord appeared to me standing at the right side of the altar of incense. And when I saw him, I was startled. I was gripped with fear. And the angel said to me, and this is so good, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John, as you noticed, and he will be a joy and delight to you, and many will rejoice because of his birth. For he will be great in the sight of the Lord, he is never to take wine or other fermented drink, and he'll be filled with the Holy Spirit even before he is born. And we will bring back many of the people of Israel to the Lord their God. And he, John, will go on before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the parents to their children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the righteous to make ready a people prepared for the Lord." Zechariah asks the angels, how can, this, how can I know this? You can stop the script up there. You can stop the scroll, guys. By the way, I like what your church does right here. Uh, do you call this a church? We call them temples, synagogues, right? But you know what? That's the old text right there. Look at that. And the scroll is so powerful, right? And I never thought when I got old that God would answer my prayer. Now remember this, like I suggested when I talked here, is I only got to go in the temple once, and I got to go as an old man, and do you know what? I have prayed for a child, hopefully a son, for decades, and as the scripture said, I was very old, 
So that was something. And I actually argued with the angel, right? I said, angel, I actually thumbed at him and said, no way, I'm too old. And he said, listen, man, I'm a celestial being. I'm the archangel Gabriel. Don't mess with me. So just for that, he shut my mouth for eight months. And I didn't even hear good. I was, couldn't do either one. And now I'm free to do that. I'm so excited. I get to raise a boy. And John is like we said, he gave me this prophecy, God did, just now as I had my son. Oh, yes, let's see him. Bring him out here. Let's show the congregation he's under there. <laughs> I forgot where you were, John. Man, I'm sorry. Oh, buddy, here you are. John, look at this. John. Oh, he lost his disposable. Oh, boy. Oh, that's right. We didn't have disposables, only cloth. By the way, that's a big ecological issue. So here's the, here is John, the one that will be preparing the way for the one you're going to see in two days. Two days you're going to celebrate. So this is John. We bless him. Ah, thanks for the nucks. Okay, John, we're going to give you to Elizabeth. Hi, Elizabeth, here. Oh, no. Oh, yeah, Elizabeth, you take him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had some trouble raising a kid at our age. So you know what we did after he got about teenage years? We gave him to a sect out in the, in the desert. I've been there. It's very dry, but they'll raise him good in the things of God. So he went out to the Judean desert by Jordan River, and that's where he was raised until his time of ministry came. In his late 20s or early 30s. Now, don't you remember, this little guy, my son, is the cousin of Jesus. They're related. A powerful thing came on the earth at this time. And you, in two days, get to celebrate that birthday. And I am so excited about that. So today, we're going to talk a little bit from the scriptures. It's hard to get out of character, really. <laughs> but God's really talking to me this last week or two about the message of Zechariah. And you know what? There's some real powerful things in here. Let me read a couple of them. <laughs> Don't get that on the candle, Mark. Listen to this. Now remember, this is the Old Testament scrolls. I'll be Zechariah again for a moment. Micah 5.2, most of you know it. It's not on the overhead, I'll read it to you. But thou, Bethlehem, Ephrath, though there'll be little among the thousands of towns of Judah, remember, thousands of years before Jesus, yet out of you there shall come forth unto me he that is the ruler in Israel, whose goings forth have been of old and from everlasting. So we know that John was about nine months approximately nine months older than Jesus. Read the, read the script, read the scroll. In fact, my wife Elizabeth went to be with Mary after, just when she found out she was immaculately conceived, right? I had someone ask me the other day, me, was John immaculately conceived? Uh, I'll tell you, no. I know that. But Mary was, she was a virgin, the Holy Spirit came on her, and she was immaculately conceived, and the baby Jesus that we celebrate in two days came from that. This is powerful. And like I mentioned, I only had the Old Testament, and so the Old Testament over and over again, we don't have time this morning, the scrolls 
400 times possibly, at least 300 talk about the coming of the Messiah. The coming of the Messiah. There's many other scriptures. Let me read just one more from the scroll of the Old Testament. Psalms 49, 15 in the NIV, but God will redeem me from the realm of death. He will surely take me to himself, and he will not see decay. Now that's talking about John's cousin Jesus. He is going to be immaculately conceived, and then three days later he'll be pierced on a tree, it says in the Old Testament, and then he'll also be resurrected three days later. I got to get out of this here deal. <laughs> Oh, Lord, help me. So this is the thing. Man, you guys are quiet out there. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> I'm going to land on a few things this morning with the time I have, just focusing on John, Elizabeth, and Zechariah in the preparation for two days from now. Why is this so important? Because John was the forerunner of Jesus. It says it all over the scriptures. In fact, he was kind of the incarnation of Elijah, right? The Elijah word comes out in the text too in another reading here. And even John himself, his cousin, when the ministry got going, he sent some people to him, some disciples, and said, Jesus, hey, cousin, are you really the Messiah? And Jesus turned to those disciples, hey, go tell John these healings, will you? and the raising of the dead, will you? And say, yeah, I'm the Messiah. And then what John said, I must decrease, and he, Jesus, must increase. Let's apply that to our lives. In a sense, we decrease as we come into his kingdom, but he increases, and in a sense, that increases us because we want to be something bigger than ourselves. John was, we're talking about him today, thousands of years later. And you know what? I went to his tomb in October in Palestine. And I went into this kind of churchy thing, and they had a shrine, and there was nobody there. And if you've ever been to Israel, at every shrine, like the sepulcher and the place where Jesus was crucified, there's hundreds, if not thousands. Even today, no one goes to John's memorial. By the way, his head is not there. <laughs> That's not a joke. They buried it somewhere else. And so the guy led us down in that tomb kind of place where they think John was buried, very close to Herod's palace, where Herod is the one that said to cut his head off, right? This is the end of John's life. And why is that life so powerful? Because it seemed to end so tragically, like sometimes our lives can in this earth. I've known it, right? My brother died at one of hydrocephalus. I've told most of you that before. My grandmother at 91, right? So things happen in this world. But John had the perspective of, his, of the resurrection and his cousin going on into eternity and us following him into eternity no matter what happens on this earth. So John was the forerunner and you, know, you could consider him the first martyr of the church. And so here he was, my son. Now I'm very thankful, back to Zechariah, that I did not live very long after his birth. Remember, I'm old. In our culture, 50, 60, that's a good age. So Elizabeth and I went on to heaven and got to view this stuff from there. I'm so glad that I wasn't there when my son was uh, murdered. But I knew that Christ walked with him, like it says in Psalms 23. Yea, through the valley of the shadow of death, 
we will fear no evil. So I knew my son had that. Hope of Christ, the hope of eternity, that whatever happens in this life, you can withstand it. As we just prayed, Pastor Pete prayed for some of you that Christmas can be the most challenging time of the year. Be the highest number of people are despondent and have depression and fight with families and, you know, division and who, where do I, I mean, really, where do you have Christmas? Over here or over there? You know what I'm saying? And so there can be that kind of stress. Or how many presents do we get? We get enough for that neighbor, you know, he's, oh, they gave us one. Come on, we got to get him one. So you know the stuff that goes on at Christmas. It does. But we lay all that down and we think of, and we prepare in the next two days to come before the King of kings and the Lord of lords and to celebrate his birth, yes, but he is no longer a baby in the manger. He's the risen Lord, the resurrected one. And that's the one we follow from this life into the next. So two things I'd like to... I have a two-point sermon. <laughs> two. One is, let's fill our hearts this year with strong prayer. Look at Isaiah. Look at Zechariah. Excuse me, I might have said Isaiah before. Look at Zechariah and his wife Elizabeth. They prayed for decades for a son, and they gave up, I assume, because the way he responded to the angel, he gave up. No way, angel. Elizabeth was a little more gracious, and Mary was much more gracious. But Zechariah said, no way. So think about this. This is so powerful. Please take it with you. It's good for me. And that is our prayers are not always answered very immediately. Two ways, three ways they're answered. No. It's not good for you, right? <laughs> number two, yeah. And number three, wait a while. Wait a long while. And you know what? <laughs> I might cry on this one. Some of our prayers will not be answered till we're over there. But you know what? They're powerful today. I'm reading a book by Chan. Uh, what's his name? Francis Chan, new book called The Church, Letters to the Church. But just one thing, he's an Asian guy, kind of writes about Christian stuff. And you know what he said? He said it, and he has this mega church. He gave it all up and went to Asia. But you know what? He said in his church, when he was over the staff, he said, and this really, and I think it's just really too much. <laughs> he said, if, if my staff didn't pray an hour, I'd find, some, find someone else <laughs> a day. <laughs> Why? Because he just felt the strength of prayer was necessary for the work of God. Now that, an hour, whatever. I mean, we pray in our cars. We should, hopefully. We pray maybe in the morning a little bit. Whatever. You know, and I was really convicted because part of my portfolios here in the church is under my job description is prayer. And I feel like we could do so much more just encouraging one another, encouraging me, encouraging you to do one of the most powerful things in the world that Elizabeth and Zachariah did. As we approach the new year, as we approach two days and Jesus comes, to take a little time could be in the morning, or, you know, some of you are locked in your car for an hour. You know, I get it. I listen to the radio. I listen to the music a lot, right? Just turn it off for a little bit and spend some time with the Lord. Why is that so important? You know what? Keep moving into Luke 6, 12. Luke 6, 12 says this. After Jesus was doing all his te te teaching one day, he said he went out alone to the mountains and spent the whole night in prayer. And then he came back, and you know what he did? He chose the 12. So he took some time with the Father. But if Jesus needs to pray, I think I do. <laughs> That's a long prayer, I get that. But just that our hearts are open to talk to him, to speak with him. You know, as we go through the day, have that opening with him. 
And it's great if you can. Some of you are like me. I'm a morning person, so I like to do it early in the morning, even when the stars are still out. That's just my thing. Some of you do it at night when the stars are still out. <laughs> That's good. But where's our prayer time? Just encouraging myself, encouraging you to think about that because there is extreme power in prayer. Oswald Chambers said, prayer is not the beginning of the great work. It is the great work. And so often in our busy culture, in our Christmas culture, in my culture, we're just so, so busy. And to stop and slow down like Elizabeth and John did is very important. Let me see what else I wrote down here for notes. Yeah, I said prayer can be a challenge all through your life. Thomas Merton, the great Asian Trappist monk, he always would say, hey, I'm still learning about prayer. And I thought about, I've been married almost 40 years and uh, knowing Carol for 40 plus, and I still have to work on communication. She's here second service, so I can say this. I'm just kidding. <laughs> and so we, I'll say it then too, is we do need to work on communication. We do. I don't know, maybe you guys got it figured out. Some of you have been married 50 years, 60. But it seems same with God, right? It's just a process, and it's, it could be the reading of Psalms. It could be some quiet time. It could be just and listening. Just want to encourage us all to consider and read about prayer. Think about it like Elizabeth and John did, because there's extreme power in prayer, and it can help us through our dark times. And this time of year, I work with a number of people who have dark times. For whatever reason, the sunlight bugs them, or lack of sunlight. It does, really. So I'm saying you need to be in prayer and with the Father and walking with Him as we head into this new year. And so, yeah, I'm saying we all need to work on our communication. Sometimes, you know, not just to the Lord. I know that many of you in your marriages, with your kids, with your workplaces and all those things also. And then the other deal is, this is really interesting to me, is when, John, when Zachariah got up here, he said, let's prepare the way of the Lord. But the way he could say that and the way Elizabeth could deal with her pregnancy and the way even John the Baptist, it said, was full of the Holy Spirit as a child. In the womb. Read it. He leapt in the womb. Says something about beginning of life. But anyway, John leaped in the womb. He was so full of God's Spirit. So what I'm saying to you and to me today, as we head into Christmas, head into a new year, ask the Lord to fill us with his Holy Spirit and empower us like John. What for? You know what? I know we're saved by grace. We give our hearts to the Lord. We believe he died on the cross in real time and that he rose from the tomb that I got to see in October. It's empty in Jerusalem. He rose from the tomb and we come to him and say, I believe that. I ask you to forgive me of my shortcomings and sins. And then bang, you follow him to the best of your ability through scripture, through community, whatever. And then you know what? Ask him to fill you with his Holy Spirit on just a regular basis and fill you up so that you can be empowered every day. We need it. Kind of even just, we need it. Often we need it. I wrote some things down about that and just what does it mean to follow Christ, to get on that road, right? And one illustration that came to me this morning early at 5.59 was this. This is just a little piece of some of you here that are doubters. I've shared this before. And so my walk of faith, to be getting on that road of preparing for Christ in two days, came at a very unique place called the University of Washington. 
I was a young person there, and you can write this on your notes. Don Treadgold, T-R-E-A-D, G-O-L-D, gold. I put it in my search this morning, and this dude that's been dead about 15 years popped out. He was the head of the history department. I sat down, had lunches with him, went into his office. He wrote the church history book for the University of Washington, and he believed that Jesus Christ died on the cross in real time and rose from the dead in real time, which is the mystery, right? And the mystery we celebrate in two days of the virgin birth. And Dr. Tregold followed the Lord all through his life. And that was a testimony to me that when you come to know Jesus, you don't throw your brains away, number one. Number two is you follow him, and it's a mystery. A lot of it's a mystery. I couldn't believe what I read about Donald Tregold this morning, all of how he treated people so kindly and fairly today. My daughter went to school there, and I walked into the history department about 10 years ago. Hey, do you remember Don Tregold? And they just stopped. All these people, half of them don't know Christ or would probably say they're thinking about it. And they said, yeah, he was a great man. So let's follow him today in the simple way. I don't know where you are in that piece. And then pray, prepare the way of the Lord. Ask him to come into your life and fill you and walk into the two days from now, we're going to celebrate Jesus' birthday. In a sense, you know, he was born just after John approximately a few months later, maybe six. They were very close in age. The power of the Holy Spirit, let it come upon us as we go out into the arena of the day. I'm not going to read Roosevelt's quote. It's in your bulletin. It's a very, very powerful quote. Teddy Roosevelt, 1910 in Sabron, Italy, uh, excuse me, Paris, he spoke this thing, and they pulled that piece out of his, of his talk. Oh, it's up there. And so we all get into the arena we do. We have the arena of life. And that doesn't mean this saves you. No, it's not by works. It's not by how far hard you're in there fighting. But we all go into the arena. It has to happen. You can't all just be participants. We're all in this arena together. And you know, it was so cool yesterday. We're back to prayer and God answering it. We had no ushers hardly at 9 p.m. And so I told Kim, my friend that helps me, admin, let's just pray tomorrow. We'll send out a note and see what happens. I mean, it was really kind of critical. It was ushers for Christmas Eve at 9 p.m. This morning, I think we had 10 people wanting to serve as ushers. And, and I see someone clapping in the back. You know, so I'm just saying, God answers prayer. God asks us to go down into the arena. It could be as simple as ushering and be part of the battle. I love this quote. You read it for yourself. Take it away. Some of you have heard it many times. So the Lord walks with us in that arena too. And prayer covers us in that arena too. But I personally, in the end of my life, which I can see it out of the corner of my eye a little bit, is I don't want to be someone that says, I wish I had him, or only if I could have, or, you know, this only got a week. What am I doing now? No, I want to walk the daily day. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Because we know his, our future's in his hands. And we can walk through this life. And a few tools this morning. One is just prayer. It's so simple, right? You hear it all the time. Heard it since you were a Christian. But maybe this is the year to look at it in a different light. And to open our spirits in a very busy culture. Do you know there's 2.3 billion? I looked this number up this morning too. 2.3 billion Christians on the face of the earth. About a 31% of the world today. Huh? Seven times the population in the United States. Maybe eight. 
we have a tremendous witness around this earth as we follow the risen one. Do we know all the answers? I don't think so. Is it a mystery? I hope so. Why? If it's not a mystery, then we're God. I'm serious. We'll never understand that totally until we're on the other side. But we follow the risen one from this life to the next. And you know what? <laughs> this was a great person to play this week because I really did almost lose my voice. <laughs> I don't know if you can hear it. And I thought I could just walk up and mind this and sit down. <laughs> but I can't. <clears throat> so, in conclusion, um, just a few things. When we're down in that arena, the first that came to me was Hebrews 12, 1 to 3. Therefore, we are surrounded with such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us run with patience the race that is set out before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So as we go into these struggles that we all face in life, we go there with a great cloud of witnesses, some that have gone before us and the billions that are around us and in this church, the community that is here with us. Go with that scripture. Go with the next year. Go with in two days from now. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. Saturday of last week, I stood right here and I did a memorial for Ron Anderson that had been in Maple Valley since 1920. He also started Century 21, and he was started the Rotary. And you know why it was such a really positive memorial? Because in October, he's 81, he accepted Christ very overtly. His nephew shared the Lord with him. And he was so excited about it. When he died of cancer, he asked, he said, would you please put the cross in my casket? Because I brought one from him from Israel. So I did that. He's buried. He's gone. But he left another legacy of Jesus. So let us all leave legacies. Let's drop them off all over the place this Christmas and just be a, one that follows Christ from this life to the next. But think of the elements, prayer, preparation, being ready, full of his Holy Spirit, just asking the Lord to fill you, kind of look for you, he might show up after that, and just step back as we head into this year. So Lord, bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and give you peace. That's eternal peace in Christ and in him alone. Father, we come before you this morning and uh, I felt the mantle of Zechariah on me for a bit. And Lord, we do come before you in this season when we celebrate your birthday, Lord. We also want to celebrate your kingship. You're no longer in the manger, Lord, and you're no longer in the tomb. And Lord, we ask for you to come and fill our lives with yourself. Fill us with your Holy Spirit. Lord, forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from within. And Lord, we may, including myself, find a little more time just to talk with you, spend time with you. Lord, this is going to be a great year, a great year in Christ. I just thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everyone said...